Hello, everyone. If you're new here, I'm Shannon. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and founder of Evolo Fitness, and you're listening to Fit Body Happy Joints. And this podcast is meant to educate on how to get fit while feeling better in your body. And I assimilate you know, research, my experience as a physical therapist, my experience as a fitness trainer, and all of the trainings that I've taken over the last 12 years into a podcast that hopefully helps create really practical and applicable fitness tips. So this episode is going to be really interesting. I'm very excited about this episode. Before we get into it, if you've been listening to this podcast and you like it or find any value in it, I would love, love, love if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or gave your star rating on Spotify. That would be super helpful for us. We don't take ads. And so we just like to get nice and concise with our information. And for those of you that are have already left one, I cannot thank you enough. I read them all and they make my day. So thank you. Okay, let's get into it. So today's episode, how the nervous system affects your results and why harder doesn't always mean more effective. And this is really a common theme in so many of my episodes. And I like to use different kind of anecdotes of our physiology in order to create this narrative that we don't have to slam our bodies into the ground. And this is just yet another excuse to work out smarter, not harder. So the nervous system, have you ever done a workout and afterwards you felt like you got hit by a truck, (laughs) like your system was completely exhausted? And then on the flip side, have you ever done a workout where you felt, you know, you felt good energy wise, but your muscles felt tired? This is what I call a systemically fatiguing workout versus a specifically fatiguing workout otherwise known in the, lit- in the literature as central fatigue and peripheral fatigue. But what do these terms mean? And how and why should you focus on one versus the other in order to influence your results? And again, I say this all the time, harder workouts are not necessarily higher payoff workouts. And we're so conditioned to believe that they are, but they aren't necessarily. And it depends on your goals, of course. But More workouts are not necessarily high payoff. Sweatier workouts are not necessarily high payoff. Exhausting workouts are not necessarily high payoff. And this has to do with, in part, from the theories that I'll discuss today. So let me first say that there are different goals of exercise. Maybe your goal is to get good at a specific sport or improve your endurance to run a race. But for this episode, I'm going to talk to those of you who want to increase muscle definition or hypertrophy while feeling good and not depleting yourself physically. You know, this is just for the general public who wants to, you know, get fit and feel good. And I think women are afraid of this term hypertrophy or muscle growth because they equate that term with being bulky or they equate, oh, no, men should do workouts that lead to hypertrophy, not women. Women should do like lighter weights and and run and just do cardio. And let me just say that This is such a myth. Um, Bulky, that bulky look that women are so afraid of is often coming from gaining mass overall. So they're gaining muscle, but not necessarily losing fat. And this is not a bad thing, right? Gaining muscle, the more muscle we can gain is such an incredible thing for our metabolic health. And it can actually improve your metabolism, improve your bone density, 
all of these amazing things, improve your longevity, all the things. But we often hear women say, oh no, I don't want to gain muscle. I just want to tone. I just want to tone up. And I talked about this on TikTok this week. If you're not following me, it's Dr. Shannon Ritchie on TikTok. Um, having a lot of fun on there. <laughs> um, and Peyton also did an amazing blog post that I will link in the show notes about this topic. But toning is actually just a totally made up term by the fitness industry in order to sell their workouts. It's just a marketing ploy. And basically it just means lose fat and gain muscle. But there isn't really a workout that is great for losing fat and gaining muscle. I mean, you will, if you just start to exercise, you probably will lose a little bit of fat and exercise can burn fat. But fat loss is primarily from nutrition. I talk about this all the time. And then, of course, gaining muscle is from resistance training. So in order to tone, we want to work on hypertrophy, which is gaining muscle, and then leave the fat loss primarily to nutrition. So just by doing like toning workouts that you're marketed, those those alone won't necessarily give you that aesthetic that you're looking for. So I just wanted to kind of debunk a little bit about that because I think a lot of people will stop listening to this episode, which they could potentially have get lots of value from because they're like, oh no, I don't want, I don't want hypertrophy. I don't want to gain muscle. So hopefully that makes sense there. Okay. So how does hypertrophy happen or gaining muscle? Hypertrophy happens when the volume inside a muscle fiber increases due to a mechanical stimulus, right? We load our muscles using resistance. It can be body weight. It can be a cable machine. It can be a band. It can be a weight. You're just using some sort of resistance and your muscles have to fight that resistance. And if given enough stimulus, the muscle fiber will grow in volume. So hypertrophy is best achieved when a high threshold of motor units are stimulated. So motor units, what is a motor unit? Motor units are the combination of a motor neuron, which is a brain cell, and all of the muscle fibers that that brain cell connects to via nerves. So you've got a brain cell that connects via nerves out, um, you know, down to the spinal cord, from the spinal cord out to the muscle, and a motor unit is all of the fibers of a muscle that that brain cell is responsible for. So some motor units innervate lots and lots of fibers, and some motor units only innervate a few fibers. So essentially, we want when we're resistance training, we want to stimulate as many motor units as we can. And typically, we want to get towards those motor units that are responsible for lots of muscle fibers, because the more muscle fibers we can recruit, the better hypertrophy we can have. So the more motor units we can stimulate and fatigue, the better the increase in volume of those muscle fibers. So as you progress through an exercise, you tend to recruit more motor units. As your muscle gets tired, your brain recruits more fibers. And getting close to failure during an exercise, during a set, will stimulate that muscle growth. So you're doing a bicep curl. The first few are easy. You're not recruiting as many motor units. As you get closer to the end of the an end of your set, you're struggling. You're getting close to failure. You're getting close to not being able to complete the rep. You are stimulating more motor units. And that exercise will, if you give it enough recovery, result in hypertrophy. So as you go through an exercise, you experience this fatigue, this muscular fatigue. 
And there are different types of fatigue. At least they come from kind of different places and kind of. And the type of fatigue that you're experiencing is important for hypertrophy. So you have peripheral fatigue and you have central fatigue. Peripheral fatigue and central fatigue. And you can't completely separate the two, just like any system in your body, you can't completely separate it. And central fatigue will affect peripheral fatigue and vice versa. But some literature suggests that you can kind of bias them. So let's get into it. Peripheral fatigue, what does that mean? Peripheral fatigue is the fatigue at the neuromuscular junction of the muscle itself. So peripheral fatigue is more or less in the muscle. So something at the muscle, some chemical reaction is preventing that contraction. Peripheral fatigue will feel like that specific muscle burning sensation that you feel in your bicep towards the end of your bicep curl set. Central fatigue, on the other hand, is fatigue from the central nervous system or fatigue coming from kind of your brain and your spinal cord. And central fatigue feels like more of an all over tired sensation, like how you feel after a long run. Now, central fatigue will also affect peripheral fatigue. The more centrally fatigued you are, the less able you will be able to recruit more motor units at at the muscle itself. So you can't completely separate these two, but it's important to understand that central fatigue will affect peripheral fatigue because central fatigue decreases neural drive to the muscles. So your brain's your brain's connection to the muscles, it decreases that, which decreases the motor unit recruitment and makes you feel tired. Certain things will affect how quickly you fatigue centrally, lack of sleep, nutrition, stress, all of these things, whatever's in your stress bucket, how full your stress bucket is can all affect how quickly you experience central fatigue. Some people have a much higher tolerance to experiencing central fatigue. Some people have a much lower tolerance to experiencing central fatigue. And it also could depend on what's going on in your life, what season of life you're in as well. So central fatigue and peripheral fatigue are theorized to have different effects on your results and are likely a reason that, you know, you don't feel completely depleted after the Evolo workouts, but you still see results. And this is part of the reason why I'm always harping on, okay, you've done enough. If you've gotten close to that failure, you've stimulated that peripheral fatigue, which will result in muscle hypertrophy, but you don't feel all over tired, which is what we're trained to feel that we should feel right? You don't feel like you got hit by a truck, but you still have done enough if you have stimulated that peripheral fatigue. Okay. So how do centrally fatiguing workouts and peripherally fatiguing fatiguing workouts have different effects on your results? So centrally fatiguing workouts prevent full motor unit recruitment, which can limit hypertrophy. Like I said, when you are just overall more tired, you aren't able to recruit as many motor units within the muscle. And this can limit you from hypertrophy. In other words, you're just wearing yourself out, but you may not see the muscular adaptations because your system fatigue is inhibiting you from getting to that specific muscle, mus- muscle, <laughs> muscle fatigue. An example of central fatiguing workouts are 
longer workouts that exert high energy, but potentially with lighter loads. So I'm thinking like long hit classes or long spin classes where you're working for a long period of time and using a lot of energy, but that energy is going towards, you know, central fatigue rather than peripheral fatigue. Increasing your workout volume, so how often you're working out or for how long you're working out, also tends to increase central fatigue. And adding more workouts or just working out for longer can potentially, depending on your tolerance, can have diminishing effects because of a recovering central nervous system. So this means that you kind of tap out before you get to recruiting as many motor units as you could than if you just did a more specific workout than that wasn't wearing out your central nervous system. And so this is why higher training frequencies and longer workouts and more work is not necessarily more effective. It also could be a case for taking a day or more off following a really fatiguing and exhausting workout. So again, because if your central nervous system is really wiped from your workout the day before, you're probably not going to be able to show up to your workout the next day with the full capacity to tap into as many motor units as you can. So again, this is a good reason to not overdo it on the cardio if hypertrophy or body composition is your goal, because it may delay the recovery of the central nervous system and reduce the efficacy of your resistance training sessions. And this is called the interference effect. So it basically just means that you're adding more work, but that extra work could be taking away from the results of your training workout. So this is, again, one of the reasons why I always say cardio dosage is so important and that more cardio is not necessarily better. So cardio and endurance workouts are not the only workouts that can result in high levels of central fatigue. You can also experience high level of central fatigue in resistance training workouts. So movements that are, you know, using more muscles, using lots of muscles like heavy squats tend to more quickly induce central fatigue. So the more muscles that are stressed during any particular movement, the more fatigue to the central nervous system. And again, this isn't always a bad thing. It depends on your goal, but this can potentially prohibit you from reaching the peripheral fatigue that is optimal for muscle growth. Peripheral fatigue. So that was central fatigue. (laughs) That was a lot. I know. Peripheral fatigue, on the other hand, and I'm going to put all this together at the end. So hang with me. Peripheral fatigue, on the other hand, is what you ideally want to focus on if hypertrophy is your goal. Now, I don't want to say that hypertrophy won't happen if you're doing squats and deadlifts or big compound movements that are requiring lots of muscle contraction at the same time. Tons of people have success with that. So I don't want to say that it's ineffective. But when we can target muscles and stabilize other areas, we can reduce that central fatigue and improve the chances of recruiting as many motor units as possible within a muscle. So in other words, we can kind of use our energy wisely towards the areas that are going to induce that hypertrophy or muscle growth. So doing more targeted exercises and potentially single limb exercises, especially for the legs since they're larger muscle groups, may be a good plan for hypertrophy. Okay, so that's central fatigue versus peripheral fatigue. Let's wrap all of this up with some practical applications. 
Is central fatigue bad? No, not at all. We do not want to avoid central fatigue. That's not what I'm saying. And of course, we want some level of central fatigue in order for our system to adapt and improve. And even if you're doing targeted workouts that are targeting one muscle group at a time, you still will experience central fatigue. And there's debate in the literature as to the extent that this occurs. But I find that when we can understand that harder and longer aren't always better, we can listen to the signals of our bodies more effectively, which could have better payoffs. So again, again, it just goes back to that working smarter, not harder. And keeping central fatigue low during our workouts will allow us to reach more peripheral fatigue rather than being limited by the central or systemic fatigue and not reaching the full motor unit recruitment. This is just yet another illustration of how harder doesn't always mean higher payoff. Central fatiguing workouts feel really hard and you feel like you want to stop, (laughs) but the adaptations as far as hypertrophy aren't necessarily equivalent to the effort. So does this mean that you should cut your cardio or only do short workouts? No. (laughs) Everyone will respond to exercise dosage differently, and everyone has a different tolerance to fatigue. Some people, like me, (laughs) need less cardio for optimal muscle growth. I actually find that the interference effect really does affect me from a results standpoint and from a joint and joint pain and energy level standpoint. So I don't need a ton of cardio in order to feel really good and see results. And I find that when I'm doing too much cardio, I really feel it. I notice that it's harder for me to gain muscle and, you know, my body doesn't feel as great. I kind of feel depleted. So everyone will tolerate, you know, different doses of exercise and cardio. But for the modern woman who is busy and, you know, we've got other life stressors, more targeted exercises and shorter but intentional workouts and limiting really long cardio sessions may be the best as far as muscle hypertrophy. It may result in the best adaptations with the least amount of wasted energy or cost to your system. So here are some cues that your workouts may be centrally fatiguing versus peripherally fatiguing. You're like, how do I know? How do I know if this is just, you know, spending energy without much payoff? So if your workouts are centrally fatiguing, here's what you may feel. You may feel depleted and exhausted, but you never really got close to failure in any of your sets. You might've felt your muscles burn a little bit, but you never got to that satisfying like, ooh, my muscle, this specific muscle is really cooked. So that's probably a centrally fatiguing workout. Again, I kind of tend to think about um, a lot of workout classes are like this or a lot of spin classes. Again, not bad, just important to note. Uh, Another sign is that you may feel like you got hit by a train either, you know, that same day or maybe the next day or four days after. That could be a workout that was just centrally fatiguing. Another one is that you won't see your muscles grow, right? If you're potentially having that interference effect with too much cardio, you might not see your muscles grow and adapt. Um, Or, you know, lastly, you aren't recovering between your workouts. So this is a 
one of the best tools I think I've ever offered. And it's so funny because I I think I talk about this episode in almost every single podcast, and yet it still doesn't have as many downloads as I would think. So I know that you guys aren't listening to this, but so go listen to it. It's super, super important. Episode number 38 on how to measure if you're recovering. One of the best tools that, that you can use in your workouts, I talk about in this episode. So it's too long to talk about right now, but go listen to that. Go put it on your list. So notice how I didn't say anything about soreness, right? I didn't say, oh, if you're not getting sore, then your workouts must be centrally fatiguing, not peripheral, peripherally fatiguing. Soreness is not a reliable indicator of a workout's effectiveness. So just because you aren't sore doesn't mean that you didn't recruit a large amount of motor units in your workout. Soreness happens. I'm currently kind of sore in my upper back from upper body. It happens. It's not bad. But if you're not sore, it doesn't necessarily mean that your workout wasn't effective. So I just wanted to put that in there. Also, if you find that you're having you know, a season in your life where you are experiencing potentially more central fatigue than you would like to, it's okay. It's just one of those things that pay attention to. Notice if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel like I got hit by a truck. I'm not recovering. I'm not seeing my muscles grow. Maybe I need to play around a little bit with my dosage. Maybe I need to take out some cardio. I'll give you an example of what happened to me this week because I'm not perfect at this either. For some reason, I don't know why, but I'm just feeling super tired this week. And today I taught our burn class, which is our Pilates class, and then I taught our hit class right afterwards. And I even tried to dial it back a little bit in our hit class. And today I have felt my concentration is terrible. I really do feel like I got hit by a truck. I feel so tired. And the hit workout was probably just a little bit too much for me right now. Now, last week and the week before that and the week before that, I felt great doing that, that same exact routine. So remember to play with this and it doesn't have to be rigid, but the the more we can dip and dive through our lives and listen to the signals of our body, the more effective our routines will be for our bodies. All right. So I hope this episode was interesting and informative to you. Like I said, if you have time to leave a review, I would so, so appreciate it. I'm also putting eight free Evolo classes in the show notes. If you want to try our method to see if it's a good fit for you, you can take them over and over. And that is it. We will see you all next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye for now.